0: Well, hello there, teachers, and welcome to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. My name is Caitlin Mitchell, and I am your host, and I am so excited to get into part two of our ELA Games Podcast episodes. Now, if you didn't catch part one, go back and listen to last week's, it's episode 26, and we covered two different types of games, of categories of games that you can use in your classroom, and today we're going to cover the other two. And what I love about incorporating ELA games into your classrooms is that they bring fun, they bring enjoyment, they bring that extra spark to your classroom, but they can also keep things highly academic and highly engaging, which is what we're always after. And so the games that we're suggesting to you really don't require a ton of time on your part, which is always a win-win if you ask me. But before we get into today's episode, I wanted to quickly let you guys know about something that we just released, and that is our free ebook that we're calling Your Balanced Year. Now, we put this ebook together with really the intention of helping you find more balance and more enjoyment in your teaching life. So if you've ever you know, struggled to find that balance in teaching and lesson planning and grading and trying to actually enjoy your life right outside of the classroom or maybe you have difficulty in creating fun and engaging like day-to-day activities that are really going to have an impact in your classroom or you just have that awful feeling of being alone right on this journey that maybe you're the only teacher in your discipline at your school and you don't have anyone to bounce ideas off of and um, we really created this ebook specifically for those of you who fall into any of those categories and so our ebook again that we're calling your balanced year is going to show you some of just the simplest and most effective ways to help you create balance, to help you teach engaging lessons, and really to set up structures in your classroom that are going to make a world of a difference for you and for your students. And the best part is, like I said, it's absolutely free. And that's over 25 pages of content that we just want you to have because we really want you to find that balance that we're always searching for. So to grab that free ebook, you can go over to ebacademics.com forward slash your balanced year and it will be sent right to you. And the other thing that we put together for you is a free private Facebook group where we will be doing just some awesome Facebook lives over the next month or so to help you even more. So to take what we are learning in the ebook and expand upon it and grow from that, right? And so to join that Facebook group, there will actually be a link at the bottom of the email that you receive from us with your ebook download. So make sure that you find that link and you request to join us because that group is comprised of a bunch of other middle school ELA teachers just like you that we can bounce ideas off of and learn from and just really have that incredible community of of learners, right? That professional learning community. And so we're super excited about all of the content that we have planned for you over the next month in that Facebook group. So make sure to sign up for the free ebook because you have to do that first and then you can get the link to join the Facebook group. So again, go to ebacademics.com forward slash year to get that free ebook, and then join us in the private Facebook group. Okay, let's dive right into today's episode. Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast, where it's all things reading and writing all the time. Game-changing lessons and fresh ideas, along with a dose of inspiration, are shared to help make your teaching life just a bit easier. And now your host, from the blog EB Academics, Caitlin Mitchell. All right, so like I said at the beginning, today's episode is all about expanding on what we talked about last week. So I'm giving you even more ideas for the different types of games that you can use in your ELA classroom. So last week we talked about four different types of categories of games that we would be talking about. So the first category are quick games that you you know, you know have a few extra minutes at the end of class or a few cl- minutes of class time to spare. These are quick games that can just fill those five minutes. Then we also talked about different types Of review games. So, reviewing after a unit, after um, a semester, or something like that. So, those are the first two types of games that we covered last week. Again, that's episode number 26. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, you can listen to this one first and then go back to that one. You don't have to listen to them um, in sequential order. So, then today, the other two types of categories are popular games that can be turned into reading and writing games. So these are like popular games that you might even have in your house. And then the fourth type of category that we're going to cover are games that you can actually build yourself from the ground up. So again, last week we covered the first two, quick games and then review games. And today we're going to talk about the other two. Okay, so let's get started with some ideas for popular games that you can morph into awesome ELA games for your kids. So the first one is Balderdash. And essentially with this game, if you're not familiar with it, players essentially score points based on guessing correct answers, but also on fooling other teams. And so it's kind of difficult to explain um, just with a voiceover. So we actually put together a whole blog post for you that talks about how to create your own version of this game. And we even provide you with um, 10 tips rounds of balderdash that you can just use immediately so you have 10 rounds that you can already use in your classroom and it gives you a really good idea of what it looks like so that it's totally free all of that stuff over on our blog so i'm going to give you the link and i'll also link this up in the show notes for you as well because again it is kind of difficult to explain just with a voice so if you go to ebacademics.com forward slash balderdash b-a-l-d-e-r-d-a-s-h So check out that blog post and then you can read step by step exactly how that game works and exactly what that would look like in your classroom and then those first 10 rounds of balderdash so you are like set to go. So that's the first one is balderdash. Now the second type of or the second popular game that you can use and turn into an ELA game is what we call telephone Pictionary. So And I know this might not necessarily be a popular game, um, but it's fun. And it serves its purpose really well in your ELA classroom. So it requires just a tiny little bit of prep, but you can actually have your students help you with this. So I'm going to walk you through step by step exactly how it works. It's a little bit confusing, so I'm going to take it a little bit slowly for you um, so that it makes perfect sense. And you could go use it today if you wanted to. So the first thing that you're going to do is you are going to cut up several pieces of blank paper into four equal sections. And you want to make sure that each of your students has about five to six small pieces of equal size paper. Okay, Um, so like I said, you can have your students do that. So you want them to cut up blank paper into equal sizes, Okay, because they're going to be stacking these papers on top of each other. And I'll explain that in just a second. So after each of your students has five or six small pieces of paper, the same size you are then going to divide your students into groups of either five or six the only thing with when you divide your students up is that you want to make sure that the number of pieces of paper each student has is equal to the number of students in their group so if your students have five pieces of paper they should only have five students in their group if they have six pieces of paper their group should have six students in it so depending on how many students you have in your class You'll just have to figure out the math on that, on how many students go into each group. But you need to have like five or six. Then what you are going to do is each student is going to have their stack of their five or six pieces of paper in front of them. And you will instruct each student in your class, in their respective groups, to write out one detailed And I always say appropriate because, you know, middle school. (laughs) So one detailed sentence on that first piece of blank paper that's at the top of their stack. So they have one sentence on their first piece of paper. And then the five pieces of paper underneath that piece of paper are all still blank. There's nothing written on them at all. So an example of a sentence would be something like, the boy in the baseball cap sat on the couch and ate popcorn um, while watching cartoons. OK, let's say that's our sentence. And so as a student, I would write that one sentence on the top of my piece of paper on the top of my stack. So then every student writes their sentences. And once once each student is done, you will have all of the students pass their stack of papers to the right with their sentence on top. OK, so they have their whole stack and their piece of paper with their sentence still on top. They pass everything over to the person on the right. Well, now the student who receives that stack of papers from their classmate will read the sentence. They will then take that piece of paper and move that piece of paper to the bottom of the stack. And then they will have a new blank piece of paper in front of them. And on that blank piece of paper, they will draw a scene that will now represent that sentence that they just read. So I only allow like a minute for doing this drawing. It should be really, really fast. And then what students are going to do is they're going to pass that stack of papers to the right again. So now it's the third student to see this stack of papers. But they're only allowed to look at the image drawn by the previous student. So they can't go back and look at the sentence that the first student wrote. And so after they look at this uh, picture that the second student drew, they're gonna move that picture to the bottom of the pile and now student number three has a blank piece of paper in front of them. And on that blank piece of paper, that third student is now going to summarize that picture in detail. Okay, so is that making sense? They're not, they don't know what the original sentence was. They're writing essentially a new sentence based on only the picture that they saw. So then students will continue this trend of passing the stacks of paper. Then they'll alternate between writing the sentence and drawing until it gets back to the student who wrote that first original sentence. And then you'll just take after students, you know, finish that whole round of going through their five or six uh, group members. They will then take turns going around the circle and reading through the whole stack of papers to see how the original sentence changed from the beginning based on the pictures that were drawn, based on how detailed the sentences were, et cetera. So it's really a great opportunity for you to talk about the importance of using descriptive language in students' writing so that readers can really accurately imagine what it is that you are explaining. So this would be great if you're in the middle of like a narrative writing unit or something like that or a descriptive writing unit where you really are trying to get students to be cognizant of their word choice and the diction that they're using um, and the, the way that they're describing the scene as opposed to telling you what they see, they're showing you what they see. Um, so that is Telephone Pictionary. All right, the next popular game is called catchphrase and essentially students will just sit in a circle and as students are in the circle you'll alternate players that are on the same team so like if you have team A and team B students will sit A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B, B, etc. And then you will use the catchphrase game piece and players then must Get their team to guess the word that's displayed before the buzzer goes off. So it's really fast paced. It's a perfect game to practice speaking and listening skills, which can always be kind of difficult to incorporate into our curriculum. Um, And our students would literally, Jessica and I, our kids would beg us to play this game at our school in L.A. And it just makes it so much more fun when you invite like another teacher or your admin to come in and play around with you, Um, the only thing that I will say about catchphrase is to just go through the words, preview all of them first, and make sure that they are all appropriate for your specific middle school classroom. Um, So catchphrase, again, you'd have to have the game with you. I guess you could create it if you wanted to um, on your own, but that's another great game to incorporate into your classroom. Okay, then the last one for a popular game that you can use in your classroom is headband. Hopefully you've heard of this. If you haven't, just type it into Amazon and it'll you'll get to see what it looks like. It's really fun. And so this is a really great game for students to practice their deductive reasoning skills because they have to ask questions to figure out what word they are quote unquote wearing on their headband, which is where the headband's title of the game comes from. Um, and it's actually... Really fun to play a practice round or two with the actual board game itself that comes with the game. So if you're, um, if it doesn't work for you in your classroom to do it that way, I actually have a way that you can kind of create your own. So if you don't have access to headbands or you know you can't secure the funds to purchase it for your classroom, that's totally fine. You can absolutely make this game on your own. And so all you would need to do is create. Um, your own basically headband index cards. So you would get index cards and you would write down any characters or vocabulary words or ELA terms or authors, significant events, anything that is relevant to what you're currently studying in your classroom and write those on the index cards. And you would just put one idea, one concept, one word per index card. And then you would put your students into small groups and have them select an index card, hold it up to their head, uh, to their forehead, make sure that they don't look at it, right? And then that student who's holding that card up to their head will ask the group basically yes or no questions to help them figure out what the word or the phrase is that's on their index card. So example questions would be, Am I a person? Did I write one of the novels we read this semester? Um, Am I a poet that we studied? Is it a vocabulary term that we learned, et cetera, to help them deduce what the word is that's on their index card that they're holding up to their head. And once, you know, that student guesses what's on their head, then another student picks a card and gives it a try. So it's just kind of like a fun little um, small group game that you would do. And then you could make it more exciting or more competitive and you could set a timer for each round so the students don't go on and on. Maybe they have a minute to try to guess what is on their head. Um, It's just another great opportunity for practicing speaking and listening skills. And I really like the deductive reasoning part of that game as well. So that's a fun game to incorporate into your classroom. So those are the popular ELA games uh, or popular board games rather or popular games that you can then convert into games for your ELA classroom. OK, so the final type of game that we use in our ELA classrooms So Jessica has used this with her younger grades. I've used it with my seventh and eighth graders um, are games that we've essentially created from the ground up. And so we wanted to share this type of game with you so that if you wanted to, you could do the same exact thing in your classroom. Now, I will preface this part by saying that there is quite a bit of prep work for this final idea that I'm going to share with you. So if you're not feeling up to it, no stress at all, right? We just gave you a ton of ideas for ELA games that you can use in your classroom. You don't need to go to this step if you don't have time. Like, don't put any pressure on yourself at all. But if you're in a place where you want to create your own game... Keep on listening, and even if you aren't in a place, you can keep on listening and maybe keep this in your back pocket for some time in the future. Okay, so the thing that's great about creating your own game for your classroom is that you are able to really adjust it and create it around exactly what you and your students are learning and what you're covering in class. And so I wanna give you an example of what I've created so that you can get an idea of what a self-created game might look like for you in your classroom. So I love to create grammar sort games for my students to help reinforce or review certain grammar concepts. So a specific example of this would be a grammar sort that I created for the four different kinds of sentences, which can be difficult, right? We have the simple sentences, compound sentences, complex sentences, and compound complex sentences. And so what I did was I wrote 24 different sentences and I included a mixture of all of the four kinds of sentences. Then I put my students in partners and I had them sort the sentences based on what kind of sentence they thought each one was. And then the first pair of partners to sort them all correctly essentially wins the game. And in theory, right, it seems like a really easy game. But in actuality, it challenged my students on so many levels. So in order to sort the sentences correctly, not only did they have to have like a general concept of simple compound complex, compound complex sentences, they had to have a really strong grasp on comma usage, on coordinate and subordinate conjunctions, on propositional phrases, and so many other things that go into helping you identify what each type of sentence is. And there were so many partners that thought they had sorted them all correctly only to find out that they missed like a small detail somewhere. And in the sentence that they thought was a compound sentence was actually a simple sentence. And so I love creating those grammar sorts because one, it really helps reinforce and review the skill, but two, the kids love them and they are like all hands on deck. Grammar is all of a sudden exciting for them and it's just a different way to work with these skills and these standards that we you know, need to address with our students. And so, my point in sharing this last type of game with you is that you don't necessarily have to be incredibly creative, right? Or go out of the box in some crazy way to create an engaging game for your classroom. It's not like a grammar sort is some, you know, earth shattering idea, it's a simple sorting game, right? And that has so much power for you in your classroom for creating that engagement with your kids. Anything to get them up and moving and doing something hands-on that is just different than what they're normally doing in their day-to-day classroom, they get engaged and they get excited about it. And again, like I said, to make grammar fun with grammar sorts is just really cool to see. Okay, so that's it for today's episode. We talked about popular games that can be used for reading and writing and then creating your own games from the ground up. And again, last week's episode, part one, episode number 26, covered those simple games that you can incorporate with, you know, have five minutes left at the end of class or you just have a little bit of extra class time here or there and then review games as well. So if you haven't listened to that one, go ahead and head back and listen to that one as well. Okay, next week... I have a very special guest on the podcast that I am so, so excited about, and she is my friend Kaylee from the Balanced Educator podcast, and we will be talking really in depth about mindfulness and how you can easily incorporate a few different mindful strategies into your daily life that are going to make a world of a difference for you when it comes to finding balance. This episode honestly might be my favorite one that I've ever recorded because I just know how much of a positive impact mindfulness can have for you in your teaching life. What as soon as I started practicing mindfulness on a more consistent basis last year, it was the most stress-free year I've ever had. And, you know, there were a lot of things going on in terms of curriculum and and lesson prep, and meetings, and type, type all the types of things that are that are normal, right? That come with teaching. But I believe truly in my heart because I shifted the way that I was thinking about my thoughts and the way that I was allowing my thoughts to come into my mind and come into my life, and you know, not allowing my emotions to drive what I was thinking it made such a huge difference and I had such a wonderful school year last year. And so I really want you mark your calendars for next Tuesday. It really is going to be a powerful episode that can have just an incredible impact for you in your life. So I'm really looking forward to seeing you again next week, talking about mindfulness with Kaylee from the Balanced Educator podcast. All right. I hope that you guys have a wonderful week and I will see you next week on the podcast. Bye for now.